Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big place. That's out. Out. Very That's a big nice. place. You sold oh, so it out. I'll see. You really, really should. Try not to fall in the same old trap I left without a map. The same old place I'm going to. Fine smiling into that same old plan. We'll do what I can to make it a little different this time. The hell are you doing? I couldn't sleep. I'm checking the ropes. I was afraid end on Europe, and I'm cutting it out. Good weather, bad weather. Now or later, anytime. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. What time you're listening to this, I don't know. This is Chris Kalous, and you found the Normal Cast. Thanks for listening. It is... January 31st, 2012. On today's show, I sit down with my friend and friend of the show, BJ Sabara. BJ runs a site called Splitter Choss, and it's become one of the longest-running climbing blogs out there, recently noted in Outside Magazine as one of the top 10 climbing blogs. And we get into it about the internet, about climbing on the internet, about media in general, and how sustainable these kind of homegrown do-it-yourself internet projects really are so so this is the fourth episode of the normal cast and i am still getting this thing sorted out and trying to figure out you know some set set pieces that we're going to do some set intros stuff like that i haven't really launched this to the greater world most of you guys that have found it have found it sort of by accident or you were at the old podcast or your friends of mine. So I appreciate you guys listening. You know, you can think of the Enormal Cast as that really cool band that you guys were the first to discover. You were the first ones in the crowd. You were the first ones to buy the albums. You were the first ones to really give a shit about this. And that's going to feel important later on once I sell out. But uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get this thing worked out. That's one of the subjects of our talk today with BJ is that these do-it-yourself internet things, you know, they're done creatively in our own time, and I'm trying just not to feel any pressure to do anything particular with this thing, just uh, create some online contact that people enjoy. So I'm glad you're listening. We're going to get this thing a little tighter with each show, and I hope you stick around. Please tell your friends. Let's get some folks involved by emailing me or writing some comments on the website again my email is chris at enormalcast.com so send me an email i'm hopefully going to start doing some listener emails because i've gotten a couple that are pretty funny that i haven't dealt with yet so all right let's check out this interview or this chat with bj sabara I'm sitting in the kitchen here with a friend of the show and longtime friend of mine, BJ Sabara, and his dog. There's Thunderpup. Thunderpup. Saying hello. Who's a little, uh, what kind of dog is that? She's a schnauzer. A schnauzer. You don't see a lot of schnauzers as crag dogs. Not too many, yeah. But, but this is um, the second in an illustrious line, actually. Hopefully an illustrious line. <laughs> but we won't go into the tragedy of, of uh, Nickel Pup yet again. Yeah, yeah. That's been Already done had some before. coverage on, on air. Yeah. I'm sitting with BJ, and I, I wanted to sit down with him because he is a uh, purveyor of online climbing media. He has a website called Splitter Choss. That's right. We're at Splitter Choss World Headquarters right now. Yeah, totally, in uh, Carbondale. The, the kitchen. Yeah, Carbondale has actually 
between the normal cast and this and Rock and Ice, I mean, this is like a mecca. It's kind of a media hotspot. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We're all, we all hate each other for the most part, too. We're all rivals. Or we all have nothing better to do than start online media. But I wanted to sit down with, with BJ, not, not just to promote his site, although that's a, that's a nice thing because he's been really helpful to me over the last year with setting this up and getting my presence online. But I also wanted to talk to him just about the idea of online media in general, which is a huge uh, debate in society, I think, right now because it's mostly seen as a free resource and everybody's been trying to figure out a way to make money off of it, not just climbers, but all the way up through the to the big newspapers and what else. Anybody who's listened to the news or, or paid attention has heard about this. But also specifically what his motivation was behind Splitter Choss, uh, and I can get a chance to talk about my motivation behind this, because although BJ is getting compensated at this point, um, there was, what, how many years probably of... Most of do, them. Most of them, yeah. of just yeah. doing it as, a, as something Four that Four years, interest, so. probably, yeah. Yeah, so tell us about that, what, what, uh, what your website does, um, when you started it, what you were thinking when you started decided you wanted to do it and that kind of thing well it's it's really evolved i mean now you know the uh the folks at outside magazine graciously listed it in their top 10 climbing blogs recently and i thought their description was pretty apt they mentioned it's you know basically about the climbing lifestyle and i think that you know they almost summed it up i think better than i could have uh before that you know it was put that way it really is. It's not about you know how hard people are climbing or necessarily the, like the latest breaking news, um, but it's just hey, we're climbers. We're out climbing all the time. Uh, this is the climbing lifestyle, and so you know it's at the point now where a lot of the content will just come from conversations we have at the cliff. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll be out climbing for the weekend, and something will come up. Oh, hey, you know, what do you think about this? And then there's a lively discussion that ensues, and mm-hmm. then yeah, that's the week's post or whatever and you originally started it you said to to just to post the roots that you were doing here in the valley yeah i mean so i was working at climbing magazine the other media outlet that used to be in carbondale and yeah so it started for a couple reasons one there was a lot of ice climbing in the redstone area that wasn't well documented you know the guidebook maybe had 12 roots in it and there's more like 75 or so and so it kind of started as an effort to just sort of keep tabs on that stuff. And we didn't really know names or anything, but, you know, just wanted to share that information with people. And then also um, when I was at climbing, we'd started bolting a lot of the local choss, you know, just getting some local crags going. And so a part of it was wanting to get the information out to people about that. You know, it's like, hey, here's this cliff. It's, you know, 15 minutes from town. You should check it out. So very much started as a very locally oriented thing. Yeah. And, and Mountain Project didn't exist. Or those you know, sorts it, of it wiki was a, kind of things. Yeah, it was around, but again, you know, a lot of this stuff was more more relevant to locals. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't like, oh, you're from Boulder and you're going to go uh, check out the Narrows, you know, on your weekend. Right. But if you live close to Carbondale and it's July and you want to go climbing after work, you'll go up there. So, um, you know, yeah, it was just, and for me, it was kind of my first forays into the whole web world. I'd gotten involved with the website at uh, Climbing. And this was kind of like the the pet project, you know, like learn how to code things, learn all that world. Um, and then it, it coincided basically right at that time. I set it up, I, th- I want to say fall of 2005. And then like that winter of 06, I left climbing and went to work for a web marketing company. So mm-hmm. it was kind of just the, the start of this learning curve for all all the online stuff. And so, yeah, so you're you're doing it for yourself at that point. It wasn't really 
had anything to do with Comedy Magazine. No. And then built and grew. Yeah, it just else. you know it was it just kind of took off. And you know at first it was kind of like you'd get the cool emails like uh, oh man you know I went and checked out this route it was really cool thanks for putting that info up you know like so many things that people had no idea were. Even stuff that was close to the road, you know, people just didn't know about. And then it, you know, so it naturally kind of evolved because I would update things regularly. So then it was like more into like a blog format. I think, it, you know, at some point it switched to like the WordPress platform and was actually more of like a proper blog, you know. And then it, it so then it was talking about like trips we were going on and things like that. But it reached a point probably like three years ago where I realized that was only, that wasn't very sustainable, you uh-huh. know, because if you're not going on trips, then you don't really have much to talk about. Right. And, it, you know, how exciting is it to read, oh, this guy went to Indian Creek Rifle of the Black Canyon again, you know? Yeah, well, that's a problem yeah, I've yeah. been having, too. <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> you know, and while that stuff is fun for us, those yeah. of us that are doing it, you right. know, the, uh, the the greater climbing world mm-hmm. at large, I, I can't imagine it's that interesting to read about that stuff over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, I, I always thought I should have been doing this 15 years ago when I was actually on the road all the time. Yeah, exactly. It didn't exist. And, and in fact, the Internet didn't exist, which is freaking hard to believe. But I can't imagine how you went to Europe or on these climbing trips and you couldn't be updating your Facebook page all the yeah. time and whatnot. We have to send postcards. And, Sounds so archaic. Well, and, and you just disappear to the, I mean, you'd literally like say goodbye to everybody and, and it would be months before anybody heard from you Yeah, and yeah. except for a postcard or maybe a phone call that you tried to get to your parents or something. But yeah, yeah, this constant connection thing is, is brand new. So, but you're turning it into a blog and it, you know, it's interesting I think because, and you know, this sounds sort of cliche, but you really were like cutting edge with this thing because you're starting it before the word blog was something you heard every five minutes. And yeah, it was, it was, it was certainly um, something that was mainstream outside the the, the outdoor industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they, it's always been a, an area that's lagged behind kind of what everybody else is doing. So certainly when it started up, there wasn't a whole lot of other things going on in the space. Well, yeah, it's like me having to. More than explain what my my podcast That's, does, yeah, I got to yeah. start by telling people what a yeah. podcast it's is. A little ridiculous yeah. that in you know the year 2012, you have to explain what a podcast mm-hmm. is to marketing to climbers at, and stuff yeah, at companies. Yeah. But whatever, yeah. So it, you know, and it was just just getting it going, and um, so yeah. And then like, like three years ago, it was like realized that you know that, that model wasn't that sustainable. So tried to make it more of an online magazine, you know, and having experience at climbing. Realizing, hey, I can come up with this thing where, you know, it's got some regular features every month. There's a featured crag or, you know, whatever. And just to give it some regular content. So then for me, too, to have to think about, okay, what am I going to write about this month? You know, to have these sort of base ideas that, that then could be reused every month. You know, right. so here's an interview with so-and-so and here's this and here's that. Uh-huh. And so that way, yeah, again, if, I, if there aren't trips going on or there isn't any groundbreaking news or there isn't some controversy that we can dissect or whatever that, you know, there's still things to talk about. Right. And that's really the key is is content always being updated, right? Yeah, just, you know, it's it's amazing how... If you're if you're putting out regular content, even just twice a week, you know you'll you'll look at your stats and people are coming regularly. Sure, you know versus if you just let it lag even a couple of weeks, you'll see right. it drop off because right. they just they start to realize that nothing fresh is happening. They're not going to check in as often. So there's a there's a big component there of that of you know having to stay on top of it and and you know the big thing that I think you know we we talked a little bit about. Um, how people get into this game and then they don't stay with it. Right. And, and, that, yeah, yeah, and that's, it's a hard part minutes. because like, I've seen a lot of people where they start up and they're like posting five days a week, 
Mm-hmm. And I see that and I'm like, oh, well, you know, good luck with that. You know, I wish mm-hmm. you the best. Mm-hmm. But knowing the realities of, you know, if you've probably got a full-time job or whatever, that is going to be a very hard thing to do. And there's always a lot of psych the first three months. Mm-hmm. And then the reality of putting that content out every day, I mean, mm-hmm. it hits you hard. And it's like, you know, I'm at the point now where I do try and do twice a week. And some weeks that's challenging. Yeah. You know, and you would think like, yeah. oh, how hard could it be? But you, you, get, it's, you have life, you mm-hmm. know? It's like, yeah, if you're just sitting around in your pajamas all day, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about stuff to write, sure, you could, you could do this stuff. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the reality is there's things to do and, and trying to fit it all in. So it's, so along those lines, I think, you know, I was at the, the outdoor retailer show in Salt Lake last week and, I was talking to a, f- a friend there about how a bunch of sites kind of started around then. And, you know, there's only a couple that are still around now, you know, like the Dirtbag Diaries was like around that time frame and um, Climbing Narc. It really takes a, a passion for what you're doing. You yeah. Know? Like you really have to be into it yeah. because it's just, if it's just this recreational thing, it'll just disappear. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Pimpin' and Crimpin' was a, you know, a, a really good example of that. Yeah. You know, those guys had a really funny thing going on. Sure. You know, and then they all got jobs. Yeah. You know, and it all disappeared. Sure. And I mean, even with with the podcast thing, you know, it's like when I kind of started thinking about it, everybody was right away when I bring it up, they say, well, what about pod climber? Isn't that out there? And, you know, there's a few things being updated over there, but that that one waned as well. And and right. And I remember when those guys used to be rocking around the trade show Mm -hmm. doing interviews Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And they, you know, they had some good enthusiasm. And then who knows what happens? Well, I feel the burden of that. You know, because when I restarted this uh, a couple months ago and, you know, I am looking out like, well, wh- what am I going to be doing in two years from now? Like, not not necessarily what am I going to be doing with the podcast, but what am I going to be doing with my life? I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll have a kid or something like that. And then not only is there not time to do the podcast, but then am I how involved am I in the community still to be able to come up with content. I feel that yeah, burden absolutely. and I'm hoping, you know, that I can sustain it long enough to build it into something that, you know, could even be passed on to somebody or whatever, but who knows? I'm just sort of doing my best with what I think I can get done. And, and that's, you know, right now, even as, as fledgling as it is, my only criticism I've heard from people so far is I need, they want more. They want more. Right, I'm, right. I'm trying to do two a month. And I do want to up that. And um, with the older po- old podcast, it was it was more than that. But um, I'm trying. I, I will get that hopefully going a little further. But you know, two a month even is is definitely something that I'm having trouble already keeping up with. Not not really trouble keeping up with it, but but it's it's, it's a time commitment. And in talking other people into getting on the mic is well, yeah. Is and then, and this isn't you know writing an article is is a relatively simple thing. I mean, right. you you write it up, and you know I I'm, I try to edit things, and mm-hmm. so they sound pretty good, and you know good grammar and whatnot. But uh, you know you've got to record and edit, and you know so it's a lot more involved. Yeah. So it's well again and- to, you know to even like twice a month you know, for me, mm-hmm. I'm like wow, twice a month like that would be. Yeah, I think that would be a sustainable thing. More than that, that's where it gets to be. You're really going to have to have the time to put into it. Yeah, you know? and and it's not a discredit to any of these sites that have, uh, you know, come and gone. It's just, it's just hard. You know, it's 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 and it's a bummer because you know it's it's fun to have more of this online community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a fun thing to be involved with. 
you know, though our show is kind of a great example of that. You know, I met a guy, this, this show who I'd never met before. He has this website called semirad.com and you know, we'd interacted online and it's kind of weird how you can kind of have these relationships online and sort of get to know people without ever having met them. You know, and then we finally got to hang out and it was super fun and, you know, had a lot of laughs and whatnot. So there is this cool aspect of it too, where you, you, you'll be part of this community, right. you know, and, and it's, you know, it's a very supportive community because people realize generally if they've been in it for any amount of time that it, you are doing something that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're, you're bringing some creative energy to it. Mm-hmm. And so there's a sort of the shared sense of like, Oh cool, you're doing this thing and, you, and you're about that. And I'm doing this thing and I'm about this. And Hey, maybe there's some ways we can work together mm-hmm. and help promote each other or whatever, you know, just hang out and go climbing. Right. So, yeah. And it feels like the, the, this little online do it yourself thing that happens with the climbing websites, most of them, you know, that aren't associated directly with a big company or whatnot. Right. You know, there, there is this, this feeling that we're all in it together. There's not this competitive nature oh, yeah. yet. Yeah. Know, yeah. Exactly. Someday, not right? yet. We'll, not, we'll be no, you can't send that gear to that guy. That guy right. doesn't even use his stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's cool. So how long is, has Splitter Choss with that name and everything been online? Since the, like, I think November 2005. Okay. So we're looking at, let me do yeah, the so math it's in here. It's, minus, what, it's in its seventh year. Yeah. Okay. Seven. Thanks. Yeah. Like seven this, you know, the end of this fall. And that, I mean, in all seriousness, like other than, well, actually that's like the longest running, probably one of the longest running climbing websites out there because even, even companies have done, you know, probably multiple full redesigns of theirs, like in that time and, and change the format and, and while yours has changed, it's it's grown more than just you wiped it clean and, and right, started over right, again. Right. Yeah, so, no, always building. I mean, there's stuff on there that's super old now at this point. I actually, I've got a redesign coming pretty soon, mm-hmm. and uh, nothing major, but kind of a, a the big thing about it is to sort of get redo the homepage so mm-hmm. that there's better access to more of the content that's mm-hmm. in there because mm-hmm. now there's so much content in there. There's everything from the gear reviews, which are really popular to like injury advice to just kind of everything. Right. And right now the format is just, it's more of just a focus on what the most recent stuff is. And, you know, I feel like it's hard for people to get a grasp of how much content is really sitting in there. And, you know, so that's the thing. Yeah. We were like, okay, I'm sitting on five years of content. You know, I should really try and make sure people are getting in there. There's some funny stuff in there. Sure. Yeah. Some really funny stuff. Yeah. Like, like that aid climbing rant guy. I think he's (laughs) in there somewhere. So, you know, you, you do have some advertisers now who, yep, who's yep. like your guys on there? So right now, Black Diamond, um, Outdoor Research, and then La Sportiva, they've okay. all done stuff and, you know, they're all kind of on board and that's been great. And mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, at the last show, you know, talked to a few new potential folks right. and it's great to see, you know, people are getting more psyched on it and realizing that it's, it's a niche thing, but it's a pretty core audience and that it's, it's a good mm-hmm. place to be. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, like it's like we've been around for a while now. Right. So, um, you know, the other thing that has really happened in the last couple of years, especially at a place like or you see it where uh you know anybody and everybody is is starting a blog and then trying to get some free gear right you know and so companies have really become wary of this right. where it's like oh yeah i'm so-and-so from whatever review.com and you know yeah i'd love to see that patagonia jacket right and so the you know the companies themselves are having a harder time separating the noise you know yeah. filtering through the noise yeah, and, and totally realizing like what's legit and what's not. So, you know, something like this, that's been around a long time. It's like starting to build up some pretty good cred, you know, and realizing like, Hey, you know, we're not just going, you know, we're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, 
like I said, seven years is is. I mean, that's <laughs> it's a, weird to think about it like well, that. That's a serious chunk of the life of the internet. I mean, <laughs> right. the internet. Shoot, and I remember going back to college in 1997, and they gave you know I signed up and they gave me an email address, and I was like, oh, whatever that is, you know. <laughs> I mean, it it was around, but it you know it was certainly not the billions of of pages that are on now and it, you know it's been around in a short enough period that you know old people like me can remember its non-existence but it's so pervasive in our lives it's hard it's hard to imagine but it wasn't there even, right, even right. 15 years ago you know oh yeah now so, i go like two days without being connected and i like tweak out yeah like it's fully. such a weird we thing you know yeah. like you go to indian creek and you know sorry we're going to indian creek again but you know you go down there and it's like barely can get cell phone reception in some places and uh yeah it's weird just being disconnected you know mm-hmm. you, you uh you remove yourself from it for two days and you feel like you're you're missing a part of your life you know you, you can't check your facebook you can't check your email you feel like oh what if all these things are happening you know and i don't know i i guess since i work in the web marketing sphere it's it's maybe a little more it's a little worse for me too because yeah. i'm just used to living and breathing in that environment mm-hmm. you know and it's and i don't like that aspect of it um but is what it is. Well, I mean, honestly, like it's everybody. Now. <laughs> I mean, everybody okay. is, you know, in the morning, there's a couple spots down in Indian Creek where you can get a cell and every morning there's people stacked up there, like waving their phones in the air, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The guy wandering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you see that guy wandering out in the yeah, field, 50 right. yards from the, uh, the Bridger Jack toilet, that's what he's doing. Yeah, he's, he's out not, there looking for that. He's not cell. tripping out on something. Yeah. So, but so you're, you know, you start to make a little bit of money yeah, and then that helps your motivation, Sure, you know, and cause it's nice too, you know, you start to see traffic grow and whatnot, but like, it's hard because you know, you'll, you'll write something and usually if it's something that people like, you won't necessarily know that because people usually don't comment on things that they like. Right. They usually comment on things they hate, Yeah. you know? And so you're like, okay, my analytics program says that this many hundreds of people saw this thing. I guess they must've liked it, right. you know, because nobody said anything. So when you, you know, when you, you catch the eye of an advertiser or like, you know, like this outside magazine thing or whatever, like there, any recognition is nice, you mm-hmm. know, because then you realize people are paying attention or mm-hmm. when anyone comments. So mm-hmm. all of you out there in internet land, leave comments. We love comments. Yeah. Comment on the Enormocast page. Tell Chris how much you like the, uh, the podcast. Yeah. And, and it helps when, especially when you're getting some off the ground, just to know that you're not just, mm-hmm. you know, in your case, just speaking into the ether out mm-hmm. there and, and, you know, hoping that people are listening, mm-hmm. you know, to have that positive feedback is a big thing. And I think again, you know, like for me, when I was first starting, when I would run into people that were like, Hey, you know, thanks for that topo to that new area. Like I checked it out and it was super fun or whatever. That was a very encouraging thing. And you're like, okay, yeah, people are benefiting from this. Um, cause ultimately, like this is a creative thing that we do, but just like bolting roots, like I'm not doing this for myself. Right. You know, like, yeah, I get something out of that, mm-hmm. but, but ultimately someone else needs to be getting something out of it or I'm just wasting my time. Yeah. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Well, yeah. And, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this online or on the podcast is, is sort of to make people aware of those issues of this is relatively free content. I mean, it's free content. Yeah. It's not relatively free content. It is free content. And, and again, going back to the sort of the global issue of the internet of, you know, all this stuff being out there that you can just pick and choose, you know, and, you know, I've, I've tried the donation thing, which I'll probably do in the future again. Right now, I've sort of backed off of that much as I appreciated the donations I've gotten um, just because I, I feel like I'm, I'm building this and I, I don't want to sort of sell something that's not going to be there again or it's going to change in a way that, that you're not happy with until I'm, I'm set on it. One way people can 
help us out. As simple as that. It's putting comments, you know, reviewing this on, on the, uh, on the iTunes site helps me totally, you know, because when you put comments on, on the website, that's, that's like new content in terms of the internet is concerned. Sure. Helps other people find it. You well, know, it's you, always, it's always more appealing too when you go to a site and you see that there's sort of this, this active community around it, mm-hmm. you know, and you realize like people are engaging with this and like they're, they're listening and they've got thoughts that they want to add or share or, Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's a very, uh, it's a helpful thing, you know, motivation wise for sure. Totally. So you, you, again, back to this making money again, obviously you're not, you're not <laughs> oh, yeah. rolling in it as yeah. you can tell. You're not living uh, in my free housing over here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're not like, you know, g- making a living off of this thing and people who get into it for whatever reason, whether it's, it's as an artistic thing. Um, I feel like that's both of our motivations, you know, a creative thing, not an artistic thing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Creative thing. I don't necessarily want to call me blabbering on into a microphone art, but maybe someday. I've seen right? worse. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, a creative thing, uh, you know, I, I've been in the community for so long and talked on this podcast even about having this vast network that at first it, it was a surprising thing even to me, but I just realized I've been just doing it so long, traveling so much and I tend, you know, just like I'm on the podcast, I tend to be, you know, the guy who, who will chat with you at the cliff and not sit there glumly staring at you because you're on my route or whatever. And so I've made this huge network of people that, like I said, even surprises me sometimes. I mean, I've, I have, have a recent incident where a guy came up to me. I couldn't remember him. I remembered his face. And, and he actually was someone who I'd climbed uh, the scenic cruise with <laughs> in the Black Canyon like, years ago. And I was like, he's like, yeah, you remember that? I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I remember that. Of course, you. Of course, you, buddy, pal of mine. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I figured it out in the end, but it was funny. Initially, I was like, I know that dude from somewhere. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, we did this, you know, 15-pitch oh, yeah, route together. Yeah, minor thing. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, but, God. you know, not to sound like I've climbed everything, but it, it just – stacks up over the years and uh and so you know this was sort of like this idea of of being still connected to the climbing community for me in in a time when i'm i'm not as on the road as i used to be and i'm not out there to all these different climbing areas but it feels good to to sort of do something to stay connected and hopefully this is it you know staying connected and i think you know there's a component like we were just we were talking about earlier of of you know using the the develop root development analogy of giving back yeah. you know of, of of taking whatever skills and creativity you have and and using that to just kind of further the climbing community at large yeah. you know and like like you're saying you know uh, you know one of my favorite things that you talk about is the whole crowd thing and how you know it's just that whole silly thing of oh it's crowded and you know and well you probably have friends there and if you talk to them then they are your friends mm-hmm. and once it's all your friends at the cliff it's a fun time mm-hmm. you know we were out at the the local winter choss crag the other day and there was like 20 people out there but we knew almost every single person out there and so yeah you roll up you're like oh my god there are a lot of cars in this parking lot and then you get out there you're like wow it's all my friends yeah and so why is that any different than if those people you don't know it's just because you've got more of a, a camaraderie with the people you know but again like there's no reason why you know there should be that attitude and i 
something that I have always tried to promote on Splitter Choss is this attitude of like, you know, we're super fortunate to be doing what we're doing. Yeah. You know, we are, we get to go rock climbing, mm-hmm. you know, like that alone puts us in terms of people who get to do what they want in just such a top percentage of the world. Right. And it's easy to lose sight of that in this country and, you know, in valleys like we live in that are, you know, super privileged in those regards. So for me, I've always felt strongly about just, just keeping that out there and keeping that vibe of like, you know what? Yeah. We should all be psyched all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, you rock climb too wow that's awesome Mm -hmm. you know and um and just promoting that because there's enough cynicism out there Mm -hmm. there's enough you know people who want to bag on things and it's like i don't want to i don't need to be contributing to that part of it you know i want to be out there promoting the positive side of these things right you know because that's ultimately it's like we're doing this to have fun you know we're not solving any major world problems you know and well and moving on to a slightly different topic you know in recent months i've been paying a lot more attention how immediate these news sources have become and how, I mean, honestly, they, they kind of are blowing the paper old school magazines out of the water. And I'll give an example. Climbing Magazine I just got in the mail. I mean, that must have come a couple weeks ago because I was gone. But, <laughs> hey, dog, what's up? <laughs> Chill out, Thunderpup. <laughs> it might have come a couple weeks ago. But anyway, I mean, there's an article, a little write-up about that uh, that off-with down in, in Canyonlands, the Century Crack. It's oh, like yeah, 100 yeah. foot yeah. off-with. Months, months ago we heard yeah, about that. Yeah, I was that. like... What? What? Like, yeah, that was online. There was videos of it. There right, was, right. There was interviews with those guys, like all over the place. I mean, that was in like October, November. I mean, it was before I yeah, went it was to in Sicily. the fall. Yeah. 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 So here they are, like four months later, adding uh, no information. I mean, it was all the stuff I'd already heard. There was nothing and nothing extra enlightening in there, except for the cover has a cool photo of it. Right. But you know, I didn't see that particular photo online, but I saw a bunch more. So. This immediacy thing is, you know, the the, the other media sources, I, just not catching up with it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you know, I worked at climbing and, and even whenever that was, five, six, I guess seven years ago now, yeah, that was a struggle then. It was like, how do you integrate, you know, print and online? And mm-hmm. I think you can do it because I, I think magazines have a place, you know, yeah. I... I'm, but I don't know. I may be a rarity. Like I don't have a Kindle. Like I like to read actual books. Right. You know, like I don't, mm-hmm. I'm, I look at a screen all day long. I don't want to look at a screen when I'm in my spare time. You know, it's, it's, um, so maybe that, that maybe that makes me different. I don't know in today's, today's world, but you know, I like magazines. I like when they come and you get to thumb through them, but you know, for them, it's like, they're gonna have to figure out how to differentiate themselves, you know, and, and, and it has, it has a, there's a, there's a place for each, you know, mm-hmm. the magazines can show off high quality photography that you're not necessarily get online. Yeah. You know, in high quality writing, you know, that Alpinist model. I mean, it's basically like, that's where it needs to be because yeah, anything that's news related, you're going to have heard about it months ago. And especially the way that, that publishing schedules work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's six weeks. So it's like, by then it's old hat. So it's not necessarily a news thing, but Hey, you know, is this really, here's an in-depth look at this thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we talked about that with your trip to Italy, you know, how it might, there might be something coming out on that, you know, later in the year. And, you know, how do you balance that? Because it's like, people see that there's all these photos and stuff and they've seen your Facebook and, you know, climbing these rad features in Italy. And then they read about it like six months later. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, and (laughs) Thunderpup's fully attacking BJ right now. Yeah. Next time we're going to your house. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know, I offered to it was, it was too early. I, I yeah. offered to spike or kibble with some dra- <laughs> yeah. dramamine, but um, that would be just, Peter would come down on us pretty hard. But um, but yeah, with the, with the Sicily thing, you know, it was funny because in the emails with said magazine, they even said it. They said, "Yeah, we'd be we'd love to print something if it doesn't blow up on the internet first, Was the quote? 
And right. I was thinking, like, I can blow it up on the internet within minutes of doing yeah. it. Yeah. You know, like how and, – and this thing will come out because you know, it has to come home. It has to be written. Yeah. The photos have to be submitted. And, and, and they've already got their editorial schedule a couple months out. Oh, yeah. So there's no room for it. You know, we'll see it in late spring. Now, not to say that they can't go together because my first thought was, well, it's been out there on the internet a little bit. And then you do see it, and and you were interested in it the first time. So you saw the posts, or you saw the few things that were were about it. Not not that we did anything so special down there to really merit that, but as an example, you know, you you see a little bit about something, you hear about it, and then the magazine does provide this really in depth, or maybe an artistic look at it, or maybe a, a more literary look at it, and and better photos. At least the internet planted it in your head, so. Four months later, five months later, you you get the magazine and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a look at it. This is going to be interesting to me. Right, right. But there was this conflict of like, almost like we don't want it out there until we get to put it out there. Right, and and that that's never that's gone. That's, it's a, it's that's a very it's old it's a very old school way of yeah. thinking about yeah. it and, and not realizing the opportunities you have. It's like, well, you got the internet. Like, yeah, like like you said, use it as a teaser. You know. Yeah. Put up a little like mini album on Facebook, and yeah, maybe that's just the photos you took with your point and shoot, and then Andy Burr stuff will be coming down the line, and that'll be top notch. Sure, you know, and, yeah. and and that's the thing. I you know I don't agree with I don't agree with people who say that print is dead. You know, I think it has a place, mm-hmm. but the challenge for these guys is figuring out where it fits into the scheme of things and totally. how to properly leverage it. And I don't think anybody's necessarily doing it well right now. You know, I think it's they're they're learning, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how they you know how they put it all together. You yeah, know? because you you've got other other places that you know they're they're kind of on the you know more on the cutting edge. You know, mm-hmm. something like a just more video based content sites that are really pushing that. It's kind of an interesting time for that. Yeah, and, and well, and I feel I feel for these guys. Not not necessarily you know the editors over there, but. But you you mentioned Andrew's stuff. You know, photographers have gotten hammered by the internet because people want everything for free. And so, yeah, we want to wait and put Andy's photos in a in a place where he got paid for them. Right. And internet sites that are putting up photos, you know, I don't know how it's working right now, if they're paying or if they're not paying. And, and I mean, I don't think most of them are paying very well if Probably, they are. Yeah, I doubt it. So, you know, I do feel for him, and I have plenty of photographer friends that, that you know, basically kind of got, si- you know, sideswiped by this whole thing and don't really have the best model right now to figure out, well, how do I make money off of all this stuff when, you know, if I put it on my website, somebody can just take it. Right. And then yeah. to stop them, I have to, you know, either be a dick or sue them or whatever, but it, it becomes this like, it's like someone's just coming into your house and going through your light table vials and just taking whatever they want, you know? Yeah, and people seem to have this sort of pretty entitled attitude, too, when it comes to content on the internet. Totally. Like they, yeah, use. Uh, use listening. Yeah, you peoples out there <laughs> who are downloading illegal movies and whatever else you're doing out there. I didn't do that last night. Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't do that either. Whoever's listening, <laughs> FBI, yeah, whoever you are. Right. That never happens in Carbondale. No. Look elsewhere. Yes. You know, so it's a tough thing because, yeah, like, I... I, I I share some sentiments of like, you know, a lot of this sort of this idea of open source and, and, you know, open spread of ideas. But at the same time, you know, like, yeah, true talent, like, you know, these guys should be recognized and and compensated. And so, again, I think they're in a tough place. They're trying to figure out how it all fits in. Yeah. I mean, he got on a plane, he you know, right. He bought the ticket. It wasn't wasn't sent on assignment by National Geographic, you know, with with a uh, 
with a stipend and, and an expense report that he'd put in at the end. So, you know, he does, and those people do have to make their money back yeah. with their art and with their, you know, what, what they're creating. So the internet has definitely become a place where that has, has sort of gotten a little bit more difficult. Uh, and so another thing, which is an ongoing thing in climbing, and, and actually I just saw a post, um, some posts by, uh, by Matt Samet about this on, on Facebook about just the constant, and this has been going on since I started climbing, like the constant ragging on climbing media and ragging on the, the rags, the magazines. Sure, sure, you know, yeah. Like, they're, all, they're all ads. Like yeah. I don't, you know, and everybody's like, I don't buy those things. I don't buy those things. And yeah. then they'll, you know, they'll be like, but did you see that thing on page 30? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, yeah. you know, and it is, I mean, it, it, it's like an early version of internet piracy in that, you know, you didn't want to buy it, but if your buddy had it, you're going to read it cover to cover. Sure. You sure. know, and. Oh yeah, we, I mean, we heard that all the time, you know, and it was just like, and I, you know, I was at the magazine at the time when things were going from really great to not so great. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, the, the, the ad edit ratios were increasing. So that means more ads were showing up in the books to mm-hmm. pay for the content. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think for a long time people got spoiled because like in the nineties when things were cranking everywhere, uh, you know, the magazines were fat. And there was still a lot of ads in those magazines, right. but there was also a lot of content and right. they, they kind of had a, you know, they, they could afford that balance. And so then when the magazine started getting smaller and smaller, people started feeling like, oh, there's, there's more ads going on. But then, you know, climbers are kind of spoiled, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like, if you ever look at like a surfing magazine or a snowboarding magazine, I mean, those things are nothing but ads, yeah. you know? And so they were just coming from the standpoint where they were used to having so much more content than ads. And then when it when really they just started to fall in line with what was the, more of the norm in the publishing world at right. large, everybody just, you know, oh, those, I hate those magazines. Yeah, and and it, like, and well, somebody doesn't because people are still buying them right. and they're still viable business models. So. Well, and I, I always called bullshit because, yeah, maybe you don't want to go, you know, plunk down, what, six or seven bucks for one. I mean, I don't know what they come off the newsstand for. I've just always had subscriptions. So. You know, maybe you don't want to do that, but you do like them. And if you're sitting in your van in Indian Creek and it's snowing outside, you're certainly happy to leave through Rock and Ice or leave through Climbing Magazine if it's sitting there. For sure. You know, after you're done, you know, looking at your F, what is FHM? What's the one with all the hot chicks? FH, yeah. Yeah. FHM. What's the other Maxim. one? Maxim. Yeah, Maxim. When you're yeah. done, you know, dealing with your Maxim, if you will, you know, the Climbing Magazine's a cool thing to look through. And, and we, if, I don't care who you are. If you're a climber and you're into climbing and that thing's sitting there, you're going to pick it up and look at it, you know, and and enjoy yourself and be inspired sometimes, be mad other times, be bored other times. But every one of those magazines has, you know, everybody flips to the gallery to see what these photos are going to do for you. So, And I think you hit on a a big thing there is, and it's kind of gets back to like what you're trying to do with this thing, what I'm trying to do, what we're all, I think, trying to do is there's a big part of the inspiration aspect. You know, it's like I look at the magazines because I want to be inspired. I mm-hmm. want to read about some cool trips. I want to see some really great photos. I mm-hmm. want to see some places that I may never go, but maybe some places I will go. And, and I want to know what's out there. And I think it's like, yeah, again, once you kind of remove that cynicism from it, it's like we're all putting these things out there in the hopes that that will inspire other people, that other people will get something positive out mm-hmm. of it. And, and who knows how that will affect them, but hopefully in a way that, you know, makes them smile or laugh or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I mean, the only email I've gotten – 
for, for the normal cast, I've gotten one email. So email me. Send some people. emails. Yeah, Chris. Let Chris know that you love him. Chris at anormalcast.com is, is the is the email address. But you know, the, it was the it was a, a, a great email. I haven't even dealt with it, so don't worry, dude. I'll, I'll get back to you. <laughs> but um, top of the list. It was really funny. I, somehow I want to use it on on, on air, but. Uh, the first thing he said is the things that everybody always says, like, this is great. I listen to it on the way to work. I listen to it at work. I listen to it, and I'm psyched on it because when I can't be climbing, I've got this this thing that gets me psyched up. And, you know, that is a great thing about, about podcasts, I think, because they are this thing that you don't have to pay total attention to. In other words, you can drive your car. You can be on the train at, into work if you're in a city somewhere or – you can be on a road trip where video it demands your attention. And people yeah. have asked me when I started these, these this ideas, like, well, what about video content? And, you know, I don't have time to produce it in a way that, that can match what's being done even by the most basic sort of guy with a camera out there. So yeah. I'm not really going to go there because it's a different media. Then we'd have to worry about what clothes we were wearing this morning. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, what, and in terms of like this long format thing, like it would add nothing having a yeah. camera on There's, other yeah. than you'd see, you th- see Thunderpup like freaking out on the floor, <laughs> spinning around and attacking Doing us. Doing Thunderpup stuff. Which would be funny for about three minutes. Yeah, exactly. We can, we can post a separate video of that if you want. I, I like the podcast thing because as climbers, we're, we're usually driving places. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I found that to be a great thing. It's like I'm going to wherever. I'm going to Salt Lake City for the trade show. It's like I got a six-hour drive, you know. Great. Six Grab hours a couple, of Calouse. Couple, yeah, awesome. exactly. I get out of the car and I'm just tweaking. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I like that. And, and, you know, also getting back to that free content. I mean, that's that's basically what we're doing is we're offering free content. Yeah. You know, and so it's like... Don't worry. You, you don't. You don't. We're not. We're not making the decision difficult. All you got to do is show up and listen, yeah. or read, or mm-hmm. just check it out. In that sense, we have a leg up on some of the more traditional media outlets because we can pretty much do whatever we want. I listen to podcasts all day while I'm uh, painting because that's what I do for my normal job. A lot of times, I'm, I'm painting houses, and when I'm alone, I can listen to podcasts, and it's the same thing. It makes the day just zoom on by. And so I did this for a couple years, even. And so I've watched, A, the podcast thing sort of grow. Um, and one of my patron saints of podcasting is this podcast called What the Fuck with Mark Marin. And I, you know, I don't need to promote it because he's, he's in the hundreds of thousands of downloads. But I listened to him from the beginning, and he started it as this comedian whose career was kind of had stalled out. He'd been a comedian for 25 years. And he actually talked about this in the beginning, like – you know, sort of this lament of how he's now in his garage doing a podcast. He doesn't even really know what a podcast is. But and now two years later, two and a half years later, I mean, he's been in New York Magazine. He's been, you know, in Rolling Stone and he's getting, you know, he's he's creeping up on This American Life, which is the juggernaut yeah, yeah. podcast in terms of popularity. You know, he's in the top 10 on iTunes frequently. It's as high as a couple, you know, four or five. Wow. And one of the things he explained was that you know, he'd been in this industry where he'd been getting shut down. He'd had to deal with, you know, corporations and, and, and Comedy Central and all these different channels where, you know, a project would get so close and then just get shut down and all that sort of thing. And now he was able to just do whatever he wanted. And he could come out there and rant. And if yeah. people liked it, he, he could stop or, you know, he could say fuck. He could do whatever <laughs> he wanted to. And it's just this awesome, like, underground free media outlet that – you know, I can I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Depending on what I feel like in terms of my popularity and if I want to alienate people or whatever. I mean, I don't. 
but occasionally I'm going to because I'm that person. So, you know, and it's really fun to think that there's no FCC. You can't broadcast out into the world on radio. It's impossible. You know, everybody owns everything. And, and this is something you can put out there like whatever. You know, I can just I could call what I say, whatever I want. Yeah. yeah. So and, it, and, and I think generally people will respond more to that than they will the sort of the canned edited, you know, dumbed down version of whatever some corporate executive signed off on. Yeah. And it's 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 so important to me as I as I kind of got this new podcast going is this idea of authenticity. And and because in all the podcasts I listen to, I can just tell the difference. You know, I also uh, have been listening to. The Freakonomics podcast, which is uh, you know guys that wrote those books that are super famous, and but it's so like slick and well produced, and it's so clearly coming from some sort of entity that has this motive, this sort of profit motive or whatever else. Sure, it, I don't even like it as much as as some of the ones where it's just a guy that presses play or presses record and, and starts starts going on because the authenticity thing is really important to me and going forth in the future that's kind of my pledge with this and i don't again it's it's i'm not sure how far i can sustain it yeah and one of the issues is that i don't have a studio and and normally you don't let dogs in the studio so (laughs) anyway eight month old dogs yeah so but going forward i mean that's sort of my pledge it's like let's keep authenticity thing the part of it that that everybody will have to understand is that yeah i've i'm sitting in somebody's kitchen i there's this dog freaking out and also some of the shows are going to suck and I may not hit the mark. And where, yeah. where if you've got a, a group of producers that are calling the shots, you know, and it's their, their professional producers that are, that are making a salary off of it, you know, they're going to make sure that every single one has this certain level and, and whatever else. And so I guess my pledge is, is with the authenticity. Those of you listening have to sort of, you know, give us a break. Like some of them are going to suck. I mean, shit, we've been going on for 45 minutes. Somebody, half of you guys probably tuned out, you know? So of my 16 listeners, Hey everybody, yeah, yeah. you know, 80 y'all have already shut it down. Don't worry. We all, we have things we have to do this morning. So yeah. we, we I got a self-imposed time limit. Yeah. I got a plumber coming to my house here in a few minutes. <laughs> so I got to go. But anyway, so that, that's sort of my thing too, is this authenticity of, of what we can do, not only podcast, but what you're doing as well, especially when you started, it was just your thing. Like you yeah, just put yeah. on whatever you want and you still have a lot of flexibility with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, what's fun. You know, it keeps it, it keeps it interesting and you can just decide, Oh, I'm going to take it in this direction now. Or mm-hmm. like, Hey, hey I want to talk to this person or mm-hmm. I'm going to try this thing or run this contest or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think that's ultimately what will keep you going mm-hmm. is, you know, if you got stuck in a rut, like anything, you know, if you're stuck in the same job forever and ever and ever, and, there's nowhere to create, you know, get creative or whatever. It can be tough. Yeah. You know, and, and same kind of thing, you know, this is the creative outlet. And so to be able to just say like, Hey, I'm going to try this thing or I'm going to try that Mm -hmm. thing. That's, you know, ultimately what I think will keep, will keep it going, Mm -hmm. you know, and keep it. So it's still exciting and still Mm -hmm. fresh and you still want to put the time and energy into, into doing it. Yeah. And I'll sort of go gently into, into the good night of, of getting sponsors and, and, you know, that sort of thing, because I am concerned and, and I've seen, you know, media outlets have to cater to what, what their sponsors want. I mean, I wrote gear reviews for, for Mountain Gazette for a couple of years and Mountain Gazette is super independent yeah. or it was anyway, I yeah. don't know where it's at now, but even there, you know, it's like, I couldn't write bad reviews. I couldn't, I couldn't right. slam a right. product. I mean, I basically 
was if I didn't like it or had a real problem with it, I just wouldn't print anything. Yeah. It just wouldn't make it in. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic of yeah. discussion. But, but you know, there's this yeah. thing of like, okay, well, what, how authentic can it be? So, I mean, right. that, that's another pledge is, is as I do try to get sponsors or try to get ads and everything else. I mean, I, I, I want to be careful about, well, how does it control the content? And one encouraging thing was last episode, I had Kelly Cordes on and he talked about that too, where, where he'd gotten a deal with Patagonia to write on their on their uh, cleanest line blog, he said he was really upfront with them of like, well, I want to be me and my voice, which is crass and 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 sometimes confrontational, and you know he does he understands. I mean, he's not. I mean, I, I'm not going to draw this like monster line in the sand that you know I want to say you know horrible, awful things, and I don't want anyone to stop me. But he understood there's a line, but he also wanted them to know that he's going to push that line. And sure. so far, he yeah. said, you know, they, they've basically not edited him whatsoever. And, you know, he's been able to do whatever he wanted well, because it, he's responsible and he understands that, OK, there is some limit. Yeah. And in the end, I think that that comes back in a positive way to them because people realize that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they got the picture of him up there with his funky mm-hmm. hair. And, mm-hmm. you know, he had a thing on Facebook the other day mm-hmm. joking about how he, he thought they would have at least photoshopped out the mustache or whatever, yeah. the molestache, yeah. as he called it. Yeah. And, you know, but it's, I think it's, that speaks positively to them that, that they're like, no, this is who this guy is. Mm-hmm. And when we're going to, we're backing that. And so you see that and you realize, okay, they, they are being authentic with that. You know, yeah. they're not being like, Hey Kelly, that's great. But can you please tone it down? Mm-hmm. Or, or can you just, can you write about this and not that? Or can you get a haircut or mm-hmm. whatever? And, and so that's, you know, again, I think that, that, you know, looks, it looks good on them. So, well, and, you know. and I think we're still in this era with climbing. I mean, despite the fact that, that we've all who've been in it for the last decade have watched it grow in the mainstream. And a lot of these, these bigger corporations want to, you know, do this sort of mainstream thing. You know, we're still small enough and, you know, climbers still have this amazing bullshit meter, you know, they can smell it and they can, they, they know when this is just somebody shilling for the, for the big company or, or when it's just somebody who who's talking and, you know, finding that line I think has been a burden you know, of the magazines since they began of how, you know, do we keep this really cranky people who, who are ready to call bullshit on whatever happens, people in line and keep them interested and keep them, them, them involved. You know, it's, it is a tricky line. Oh, I think uh, Thunderpup's had enough. Yeah. Has Thunderpup has had enough. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Hey, come here. Is there anything else you wanted to, uh, to, to, to put in here? It's um, splitterchoss.com. Splitterchoss.com, yeah. Just looking to do some new stuff this year with some contests and things. So head on over. and Cool. Like we said, leave comments, send emails, let us know how much you like these things. Or don't like them. You know, or don't like them. That's fine, too. I, I had a guy who used to harass me. That's a whole other story. But, man, I, thankfully I figured out what his real name was, and he kind of disappeared from the uh. scene. But... <laughs> It was almost guaranteed if I posted about ice climbing, this guy would be on there just ranting and raving. And, oh, you know. I know who that was. Do you want to try to sell your Subaru? Yeah, and if anybody wants a Subaru Outback that needs a ton of work, uh, we'll give it to you cheap. What kind of work? Uh, you know, some head gasket ah, work the- and maybe a new catalytic converter. Okay. Right. So, yeah, Still. anybody who wants a project, climbers yeah. like projects. Sp- post something on Splitter Shots. That's so right, we'll get yeah. Back to it's, it's been well loved. And as for the Enormal Cast, we are at enormalcast.com. Send me an email at chris at enormalcast.com. You can also like us on Facebook, the Enormal Cast. And mainly, if you pick this up off the uh, page, go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a review. Please. All right, BJ, thanks for uh, hanging out. Yeah, thanks, Chris. And thanks, Thunderpup. 
wherever you are. Thunderpub would love to come back anytime. Yeah, right. My new co-host. <laughs> right on. I told my pap and ma'am I was coming to the mountains to trap and be a mountain man. Acted like they was gut shot. Says, son, make your life go here. Here's where the people's is. And mountains is for animals and savages. I said, Mother Jew, the Rocky Mountains is the marrow of the world. By God, I was right.